Welcome to the 7 Figure CEO Podcast, where we talk all things marketing strategies, business systems, personal development insights, and conduct interviews with successful CEOs and entrepreneurs. Learn the exact strategies on how 7 Figure CEOs market and scale their companies with your host, Chris Rodriguez. Welcome to the Seven Figure CEO Podcast. Your host, Chris Rodriguez, here with the one and only Mr. Akil Acevedo. He is a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo, a fifth degree black belt in Kukiwan, a fifth degree black belt in Chundo Kwan. That's a lot of black belts. He's been training for over 30 years, and he's the owner of Cho's Legacy Taekwondo Martial Arts in Morristown, New Jersey. He ended up taking over the school in 2014 from his grandmaster who opened it in 1973. He's a brand new father to a beautiful baby girl, and I'm so excited to have him on the podcast today. Mr. Acevedo, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, it's it's, uh, great to be here. Great to be with you. Yes. So I just learned that you took your school over you took Cho's legacy over in 2014 it's been open since 1973 talk to me about that transition how did that happen that's a really cool story sure yeah no definitely uh happy to to jump into it um so you know kind of how it worked is you know I've been at the school since I was seven years old uh so you know and I I grew up in the school um, you know, just loving martial arts, loving, uh, you know, training and, and Taekwondo. It, it was funny when I was uh, a young kid, I, I always knew I wanted to be uh, a, a martial artist and, and Taekwondo teacher. Um, I, I just never knew kind of how the opportunity was going to kind of kind of arise. Um, you know, growing up, you know, where I was here in Jersey, you know, my my parents being big proponents of getting an education and, and going off to college, you know, being uh you know uh you know second generation in in this country and my parents immigrating from the Dominican Republic when they were young teenagers you know real big focus on on uh education and going to college and improving themselves so sure. um you know I, I went off to school you know did the college thing uh got an engineering degree and and worked uh-huh. out in the corporate world um for six years you know had a great great run and uh it just so happened kind of at the end of my my tenure in engineering when I was kind of looking to do something a little different. Um, my, my grandmaster was getting to retire um, back in 2013 into, into 2014. And, uh, you know, had kind of approached me about um, taking over the school and, and buying it from him. And, uh, you know, at first I, I kind of passed on the opportunity to, to be honest. And I said, no, nah, I think I'm going to wait. And then my senior instructor, he kind of stepped in and, and took it over and he was, he was running two schools at the same time and, you know, he just couldn't do it. It was just him. And he's like, Hey, would you come back here and, and really think about, you know, taking over the, uh, the headquarters school. And I said, well, you know, same opportunity doesn't, doesn't come around twice. And uh, you know, I jumped in that second go around and, uh, and bought the school in, in the beginning of 2014 and had it ever since. Wow. That's so cool. I had no idea that you're a, a college graduate and, and went to school for an engineering degree. Talk to me about what was that transition like of going from this nine to five corporate world in the office at a desk to now being an entrepreneur? Oh, I mean, it it was such a whirlwind. It's a complete like, you know, 180. It it was just so, so different. Um, You know, people, you know, ask me all the time, oh, do you ever miss it? 
do you ever want to go go back to the corporate world? And now, you know, eight years later, almost nine years, you know, I can say, hey, I, I never want to go back. I, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur and run my own business or multiple businesses, you know, moving forward. I, I will say uh, one thing. Um, it was it definitely helped me. I think I, I think given um, where I was working, you know, I was working for a big investment bank. Uh, I probably heard of it. Goldman Sachs. So um, really like really high pressure, um, high demands. Like we used to work all crazy hours. Um, you know, I remember 60, 70 hour work weeks. Like it feels mm. like it was yesterday. Um, and I think it really prepared me to, to open up and run the school um, just because I had to wear multiple hats um, as an engineer and being able to like manage people, you know, I was managing um, people on my team, some that were older than me, some that had 10, 15, 20 more years of engineering wow. experience with me. And uh, just having to kind of manage those type of people and, and different personalities, I think really helped when I opened the school and I had to wear different hats that I wasn't accustomed to before, not just running classes, but trying to figure out marketing, trying to figure out accounting, trying to figure out, you know, management and, and kind of all, all inclusive. Um, but I think that developing that type of work ethic, I think definitely helped me uh, when I transitioned to the school and I really had to like push and, and really push myself to kind of do things, you know, differently outside my comfort zone, you know, not more, no more working nine to five and, and vacation days and that sort of thing, uh, especially in those, those first few beginning years. I love it. I have a very similar type family immigrants from Puerto Rico. You're going to college, you're going to graduate, you're yes. going to get a great job. And I knew that entrepreneurship was the way that I wanted to go. But I think there is something to say about you know, making the commitment of I'm going to go to school, I'm going to do great, and I'm going to see this through, regardless if I'm going to use that degree, you know, afterwards. So very similar stories in regards to that. You know, you took over Chosen in 2014. Tell me a little bit about where the school was at at that point. You know, were there any employees versus where you're at now? And just, you know, what kind of services? What's the what's the market? You know, are you predominantly kids, adults? Just give us a little overview of Chose. Sure. So um, in terms of Chose, when I, when I, I, I took over the school, um, we, we had at the time, I would say about like 50 active students. Um, you know, my, my grandmaster had kind of really uh, grown the school in his headquarters location in Morristown, um, you know, which he started in 1973. You know, at one point he had like nine, nine school locations that he had split wow. with his brother. You know, he kind of consolidated down to like three locations that he mainly like focused on. And, you know, at, you know, his heyday, I would say probably in the 80s and early 90s, you know, he told me he had upwards of 400 students. You know, completely different time then. I think completely different market he was he was servicing. Um, I think when I took over, you know, we were primarily um, a, a kids-based school. And I'd say to this day, we, we still pretty much are, you know, servicing kids ages like four to 12 years old is our primary demographic. And then we have like a handful of like uh, teens and adults. Um, so he kind of had really kind of scaled, scaled back. Um, I think from there, you know, I kind of really focused on, on trying to think about my, my offerings. I kind of felt like when I took over, things were kind of carte blanche. So it was kind of like, come to whatever class you want. And, yeah. you know, you'll go through the class and the experience was really all the same. So, you know, from there, I kind of really 
you know, in working through the systems in the school and a lot through what I learned with Maya when I joined in, in 2015, kind of really helped me to, to develop a, a little bit more systemization and they really think about like the curriculum and the experience I want to provide um, to my, my student base. So like since then, we've been able to grow to 140 students. Um, right now we have like two full-time employees. So myself, and I also have a, a program director and uh, that's kind of where we stand right now. I love it. And what are some of the roles that you're, uh, you know, you're focusing on? Um, are you are you on the mat? Is that something you you really enjoy? Talk to me about, you know, what does a day in the life look like? Yeah. So um, for me, uh, you know, day in the life is uh, I'm an owner and operator who's uh, very much still on the mat. Um, I, I love to be on the mat. I, I love to to teach kids. You know, I feel like my day really just like flies by when when I'm teaching. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go through a day and, you know, it could be hectic. You know, I have easily five classes a day, then plus like two or three uh, private lessons in, in the early afternoon, ranging like those private lessons anywhere between 30 to an hour in, in duration. So, I mean, a pretty a pretty packed schedule for kind of like a one man dojo, um, so to speak. Um, but that, that's pretty much like a day in the life for me. So really, I'm, I'm focused on a lot of the client experience on, on the mat. Um, you know, interacting with the students, interacting with, with the parents. And then, you know, my kind of program director helps me with a lot of like the front office stuff. And then like all like the communications we'll do um, out, out to the students, um, letting them know about events, what's happening um, in the school. Then I try and jump in on on Facebook and stuff and kind of do our videos and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of my time now is, is kind of really spent on, on the mat and then kind of focusing, you know, what direction we want to go in terms of our, our offerings and events for, for our students and our families. Awesome. So you took it over in 2014, you know, one of the, the, the big mistakes that I see, uh, just kind of business owners in general, doesn't even have to be in the martial arts industry. Like if I had to like break it down to three, there would be, uh, they don't hire fast enough. They don't reinvest their profits into marketing and they don't find a mentor. You yeah. took this over in 2014. And then you just said in 2015, you found Maya, the Martial Arts Industry Association. Yeah. Talk to me about how did you find Maya? Who's your consultant? And sure. you know how, how has that experience with Maya been for you so far? No, I, I'd love to, to jump into it. Um, when, you know, when I took over in 2014, um, you know, I, I realized from being a student to then being a martial arts school owner were two vastly different things. And that there was a lot about just running a school and running classes that I just didn't know. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of, a little bit of help from, you know, my former instructor and also my grandmaster at the time. Um, but I just kind of noticed like, they were very like antiquated in kind of how they, they did things. You know, I don't think that's a good or, 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 you know, necessarily like bad thing um, per se, but just, they had just a different experience set from what they had gone through in the years before. And, you know, I kind of realized, well, I'm not exactly a hundred percent like them. So I knew I was going to probably have to do some things a little bit differently in terms of how I ran the school, high ran the business side um, to make it really work for me. You know, in my case, you know, I'm not Korean, <laughs> you know, in Taekwondo, it's this very big Korean martial art, 
you know, my area that I'm in, you know, very like high income, you know, um, you know, there's not a lot of minorities that necessarily look like me, um, especially running a martial arts school where I am. So I knew I wanted to do things um, a little bit differently. And it was kind of funny. I had received, um, I think in towards the tail end of 2014 and how I got introduced to Maya was I got like the Maya success magazine. Um, and it came to my school and I was looking at it and I was reading it and I was like, wow. And I was looking through some of these profiles and I'm like, wow, there's some like young school owners, like around my age in different parts of the country that kind of look like me or had maybe some type of similar experiences or came out of the military or something and started their, their own martial arts schools that were, were really rocking it and really doing well. And I was like, wow, there's this whole other kind of group of, of martial arts school owners that are really making an impact in their communities and then also doing well uh, financially. So I kind of saw that and I was like, wow, this is, this kind of piques my interest here. Let me see if I can learn a little bit more. And then I, and then I saw um, advertisements for the super show. And, you know, it's like now at this point, it's like early 2015, you know, I'm a year into the school. I kind of took my losses. I'm like living off some of the savings I had um, from my corporate job from engineering. And I'm like, man, things are tough. I was like, I, I got to try and do so- something different here. Reality is setting in. Yes. right? <laughs> and I'm like, I want this to work. I'm willing to work at it, do whatever I got to do. I know I got to take my lumps, but I was like, let me see if I can get to this super show and, and see what this is going to be about. So, you know, I, I went to Vegas 2015, middle of the summer, first time out there, <laughs> didn't know what to expect. You know, super shows, this big, massive thing. There's martial artists everywhere. And, you know, I think I sit in the first, like, you know, business forum for like first time, you know, studio owners coming in and Mr. Silverman does his whole breakdown. And I still remember it to this day of like, you know, taking one event and how you can, you know, have it touch all these different aspects of your business and help you, you know, generate revenue and encourage retention. I think he was talking about an in-school tournament, I think at the time. <laughs> and I'm just like, I was just blown away. And I was just like, wow, I, I can do this and, and incorporate all these, these different things. I, I never learned this before. I never, I never thought about it. You know, my grandmaster was kind of old fashioned in the sense he said, oh, you, you know, you teach good Taekwondo, you, you teach well, like the students will come type of thing. <laughs> Build it and, and they like, will come, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's great. But I'm like, I, I got to try something a little different. So, you know, I joined up Maya um, right then and there um, on the spot and, and you know, kind of started my, my first year consulting, um, you know, with the group and, and started kind of making some, some changes and developing my programs. Um, which kind of took me a little while. I think I was a little slow to implement, honestly, in in the beginning. Um, and, and then now, you know, since like about 2016, I was, I've been with uh, Mr. Parman um, as my consultant, and it, it's just been a great a great working relationship. It's been a great great mentor to me. You know, it's really helped my my school um, to grow and just really kind of helped my mindset, just to kind of open my eyes to what what the school can can become. And uh, it's really neat, Chris, because I remember when I, I first listed out my goals, I was looking at them the other day from like 2015 when I went to the Super Show. And I think like Mr. Silverman or or maybe a year later, Mr. Parman was like, hey, you like what gross you guys want to get to? Like what's what would be like a dream goal for you? 
And I think at the time, I remember I was barely making like 8,000 a month. And I think I said my goal was like to hit like 25,000. I thought that'd be like remarkable. And, you know, at this point, I've like way, way of crushed that. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's like, it, it's just amazing to think like, you know, kind of how far I came and, uh, and, you know, where I can, I can still, still go, you know, to feel like now, Hey, I made, I made the, one of the biggest changes in my life direction wise. And, and, you know, I'm all better for it. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have changed it for the world, but I'd say one thing you mentioned before, I would definitely agree to, um, just speed of implementation. I think, you know, I could have implemented some things a lot faster. Um, I, I think a lot of times you get used to doing things your, your, your same old way and in your bubble and you're like, Hey, no, nah, I don't, I don't think this is going to work for me. Like, you know, I'm a different market or I'm like in a different place or my customers are different. And then when I just started doing some things a little differently, it just kind of started snowball effect. And I was like, wow, like this, this really works. And it's not different because I'm in New Jersey or because it's me, Akil Acevedo, like it, it can, it can definitely work, work for me, work for me too. I love it. Um, you know, I, I kudos to you for only waiting a year to find a mentor, right? Many people will go through a decade of running their business, trying to figure it out on their own and not really knowing, like you don't know what you don't know. So not really understanding yeah. like, man, there are people out there just like me where, you know, you might think $25,000 a month is doing great, but compared to 50 or $80,000 yeah. a month, right? It just kind of completely opens your eyes and very similar situation. I went to a, a Maya event that was here in Tampa. It wasn't the super show that Mr. Silverman was putting on. And it was like, wow, there's so much out there that I had absolutely no idea about. And, you know, I think Maya in general is, it's like having the cheat codes to when yes. you're playing a video game, you know, it, <laughs> and, and in no way do I want, you know, one thing I can't stand is, is when like coaching companies or, you know, any type of consulting, they're like, you know, oh, it's easy. Like, it's yeah. not easy. Like, you have to put in the put work, in the right? Yeah. But if you follow the recipe, if you follow, uh, you know, what your consultant pull, puts out in front of you, then we can absolutely help you, you know, achieve those goals. So that is so cool. Thank you so much for for sharing that story. You're welcome. Let's kind of shift over. You sure. are a GrowPro client. Um, so we, we do your, your marketing and your ads, and then you recently signed up for the concierge agent program. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with GrowPro, uh, your account manager, Darian, and, yeah. uh, how this concierge agent program has been working for you. Sure. Um, no, happy to, to jump into it. Um, you know, I, I'm going to try and go back a little bit. I, I think I like had transitioned into GrowPro. Um, I, I think during COVID, to be honest, um, if I'm not not mistaken, maybe kind of partway through, you know, I was kind of looking to go into go to a different direction. You know, I think at the time, you know, I was still doing a lot of stuff on my own, and it was just becoming really hard to just manage the the changing landscape all of it. with social media. Yes, and and just kind of juggle, just dealing with like the classes and and going from video classes to virtual classes and, and trying to figure out, you know, what was happening in the whole kind of marketing landscape with like social media and Facebook. And I think doing that transition, it, it just put a lot of peace just for me and on my shoulders to know that was getting taken care of. But, 
you know, it was, it was something that was great, you know, working with Darian for me has just been um, just a phenomenal experience. Just his, his knowledge on, on kind of what, what's happening, um, you know, across social media, what's happening with like the, the various accounts that he's working with, you know, he has the data right there to kind of see, Hey, this is what's working in, in this market for these school owners. This is what we're seeing across the board. And honestly, I just didn't have that transparency. So I would never know like, Hey, is my ad really working? I mean, Facebook says it kind of is, or I'm reaching <laughs> X amount of people, but I don't know, am I really gaining traction or not? I may see a few trials come in or, you know, a few leads apparently come in, but then like, how am I doing that whole follow-up? Um, so, you know, working with him has been great, you know, being able to get like the reports, you know, quarterly on, on how, like where my ad spends going, you know, how many leads I'm pulling in and then being able to see on my side, you know, how many of those people are turning into, into students, um, was really phenomenal. So we saw like a, a big improvement just in just our content creation, just standardization of what our messaging going out to that market based of ours, those kid that kid market going out to a lot of moms, a lot of parents. And, you know, we got a lot of good feedback. Hey, you know, we saw you, you know, whenever we have someone come in, we always ask them, Hey, where did you see us? And honestly, 90% of the time it's, it's a Facebook ad. It's an Instagram ad. And I had one mom just last week say, Hey, I don't know what you're doing, but you know, we saw, I was just thinking about martial arts and like <laughs> you popped up on Instagram. And I said, this is perfect. My daughter's just talking about it. And she's like, you know, we just jumped in to, to, to do a lesson, you know, to do an introductory lesson. Um, you know, so just having that kind of streamline of everything and just the marketing message has just been, you know, just tremendous for us. Um, and then like transitioning to like the concierge piece, you know, you know, brand new program. I was kind of unaware how it was going to really work at first. And, you know, I was a little bit unsure because I'm kind of the type of person I like to let other people try things first. And <laughs> you do the beta first. <laughs> yeah. And kind of, kind of see how it goes. But honestly, for me, with the experience I had with GrowPro and, and how it's been over the first year, when I, I saw concierge come out, I was just like, oh, you know, I have to jump on this. And my main thing was just that, you know, I noticed like we were doing things on our end, you know, my program director trying to make follow-up calls, you know, trying to, to call leads as soon as they came in through our, our CRM. And, you know, we were just, we we're honestly, we just couldn't get in touch with everybody and really not at the best times. Uh, you know, given the fact we're getting in in the afternoon around 1230, she gets in, she's there till nine, you know, and we noticed like a lot of our leads be coming in in the morning, you know, we're, we're just not available to be able to hit them. And the fact that, you know, the concierge service is, it was pretty much hiring and really hiring another person, you know, working another eight hours, nine to five and getting all these people in the prime time of right when they're coming in. So it, it's been a game changer for us the last month. I, I can honestly say unequivocally our, our appointment book is we are booked with one-on-ones for the next month. And That's we've, awesome. we've been booked, um, you know, since we started concierge end of October, all the way through November, that at this point I had a, a phone call with uh, Marina just last week in terms of how we were doing and going over our calendar. And I said, Hey, you know, at this point we, we have to double book people. I have to do semi-private uh, introductory sure. lessons because if not, I'm not going to be seeing people till January. 
And it's a good problem. It's good a good problem. problem to have. <laughs> it's definitely a good good problem to have. And I, I feel real fortunate um, that, that that's the case. Um, but, you know, the team has been fantastic. Um, I couldn't say uh, more beneficial things. You know, they're there. If you have a question, you shoot an email, you get a response less than 24 hours, if not the same day. Um, you know, I'm always able to get a hold of somebody or book a meeting and can go over, you know, where we're at. And I, I couldn't speak more more highly about it, to be honest. Thank you. Thank you for that. That is so great to hear. You know, I was I was also nervous launching a brand new program, right? Anytime that I'm putting my name on something, you know, you want it to be perfect. But as we know, as business owners, you're you're not going to see where the holes are unless you start scaling it up, right? Yes. And uh, really, really proud of our concierge agent program. I know Marina's been been crushing it for you. And yep. you know, I I, I do want to kind of rewind here for a second because you found us during COVID, and mm -hmm. you are in one of the states, New Jersey, that really was affected a lot more than like a state like I'm in, like Florida or Texas. And what we've seen kind of across the board standard is that the schools in California, New York, and New Jersey really were, you know, kind of affected the most. So talk to me about what that was like for you. And, uh, you know, what was just kind of like your mindset getting through COVID? Sure. Um, so if we kind of rewind to, to 2020, you know, probably the year that all martial arts school owners want to just forget. Right. <laughs> right from their mind. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, when kind of COVID started the rumblings end of February and then into March, you know, here in New Jersey, we, we shut down, um, the middle of March, you know, it was like the mandate and I was just like, what is, I think like everyone, it was like, what is going on? <laughs> like government is shutting us down. This is, this is nuts. And I remember when we shut down, uh, mid, mid March. And I think a week had about gone by. And I honestly, I met with my, my team. So it was at the time, it was me, head instructor, my program director, who had actually just started with me in oh, February. Wow. And she's still with me today. Um, you know, she's a great, great member of my team, Mary Rose. And uh, I had an assistant instructor at the time who was working for me. And I told them, Chris, I said, I have some this weird feeling that this is going to last longer than we think. Um, at the time, I mean, I had no idea it was going to last as long as it did, to be honest. I thought maybe it was going to be like a month or two months at max. And I was just like, you know, I'm like, I think we got to start like, like pre-recording like classes, like, like doing like video recordings and like issuing them out, like via our, our, our software system, you know, we're using spark as our CRM. And I was just like, I don't know how we're going to do it. But we're going to start so we took a whole week and we just started recording lessons, right. For all the different groups. And we, we got that out really quick. I'd say within one to two weeks time, nice. it was pretty fast. I mean, that, at that point I was learning like, you know, this whole thing about speed to implementation is important. Cause I told my team, I said, you know, if we do nothing, we sit on the sideline and just wait. Some people will hang around and wait for us, but not everyone. I think of our members are going to really stick around. Eventually they're going to be like time to cost cut and martial arts is out. They're not doing anything. Um, I think after a month when we got into like April and I started seeing like everyone was going on to zoom and, and zoom was working well for some of my colleagues and, and, and those also like that I saw in Maya, I said, okay, now, now we got to get on zoom. Like now we got to be, you know, 
live with our students doing zoom classes interacting interacting and we started doing that i'd say probably from like april up and through uh july so for us in jersey like mid-july is when we were allowed to open our doors again but i knew where i where i'm located my client base just wasn't ready to go back um in person at least not in the studio so what we started doing one thing that kind of helped us i mean at this point our student base probably dropped about a third to a half of what it was. I mean, I remember revenue in May and June pretty much dropping like 50%. Um, so, you know, we were just really just- And you had this new hire too, right? Yeah, like, and I had and this, you had this brand hire, new hire. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. oh my God, like, how am I going to make payroll? How are you going to make this work? And, you know, I, I remember at the time, you know, beginning, I, I was literally doing just- zoom classes out of my kitchen of my apartment so where i am am now and like you know i remember my housemates upstairs hearing me hey guys get your nunchucks like here we go and like you know it, it's just kind of funny but it's just interesting what you'll do you know to to keep moving forward um with your business and, and your dream and just to make it survive and and i think just the speed of implementation and doing that really helped us to keep a lot of our students just engaged and keep them want to keep coming in um, and, and really rally behind us. And I think in July, when we were able to open up our doors, we were kind of fortunate because we have a big park actually probably like a few nice. minutes from behind our school. So we actually started doing classes in the park and we did that throughout the summertime, July and August, and actually going up into October, believe it or not of 2020, um, so where, you know, a lot of our families were coming outside, they actually ended up loving it. They're like, Hey, we should do some more classes outside when it's nice. Yeah. Um, and then kind of in the, in the fall time, September and October, I did a hybrid of, uh, in studio classes with virtual component with zoom and then, uh, park classes. So I would spend about half my day in the park and then end my day in the studio like twice a week. And then like another three days a week, I'd start in the park and then end my day in, in the studio. So it was definitely a juggling act, a balancing act. Um, but we were able to, to make it through and, and grow um, throughout 2020 and into, into 21. Whatever it takes. Right. I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the mindset of the successful entre entrepreneur. So exactly. talk to me, you know, we, we've talked about the past, we've talked about the present. Let's talk a little bit about the future. What is the next level look like yeah. for you? What is that? Definitely. Look like? Um, I, I think for me, one, one of the things I think about now, um, you know, especially as I have like my newborn, my first child, um, you know, I, I think a lot about now, like building a team around me, you know, so it's something that, you know, I've, I've seen some of my peers do, you know, I've seen, you know, my mentor, Mr. Parman do and others. And, and now it's kind of something that's really on the forefront of my mind. You know, I think a lot about, um, you know, the book I read early on when I started my business, you know, E-Myth by Michael Gerber, um, you know, really, I know you've read it, Chris, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, just about being the technician. And I think a, a lot of martial arts school owners, I think that's how we're taught. I, I think um, that's how we're, we're, we're known to be. We're like the subject matter experts and we feel like we got to do everything. I think for me, you know, growing up in my grandmaster's school, you know, he had a handful of instructors. He kind of like spent 10 years, I found out on the mat, and then he was kind of done and he started delegating out. Mm 
Um, but I never really learned from him how to, how to actually do that and how to really kind of implement that for me. So that's something that I kind of think about in terms of growth, um, you know, to build the team around me, to help me to start to get out of teaching every single class. So then I can teach the classes I, I really want to teach and really focus on, on client experience and, and kind of really build, building that experience and then building other structures um, around Love me. It. Um, you know, it's, it's, others. it's interesting as we, you know, go up through the ranks and, you know, a lot of our schools have leadership programs, like we know how to lead on the mat, but transferring that into leading and building a team, uh, especially when, you know, we are so good at being the technician and we also enjoy being the right. technician can, <laughs> you know, be, be a tough transition for, for a lot of school owners. So I love that, you know, that's going to kind of be the, the next evolution of, of chose is providing those, you know, opportunities to, to others. Yeah. As, and that's as, one of the things that um, just to add, Chris, you know, that was one of the things that really interests me when I, I started the school. Um, Cause I, I kind of really wanted to provide like some type of like pathway um, for others where they can know, okay, Hey, this is what I, how I can grow in the school. This is like what I could become. Um, and, and that'd be one of my biggest dreams. Like, you know, if one day, you know, I can pass on the school to a student or help another student be able to open up their own school. If, if that's the path they want to do, um, that'd be really exciting. But like, I also realized like, it's a whole nother skill set. <laughs> like you said, leading others it, 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 in, in, in that capacity of running the business and, and helping them to manage and, and have, you know, expectations and deliverables and things like that and giving them the room to be able to lead, but also not step on their toes yeah. and, and let them make mistakes. Um, that's something I'm, I'm working through now. And, and uh, you know, something I, I definitely want to grow into more of that, that leadership role. And I, I love it. As, as we wrap up here, you know, what would you say to the school owner that maybe is, is feeling stuck right now and, and they don't really know how to get to that next level? What words of advice do you have for them? Yeah, I, I would just say, you know, if you're stuck, you're frustrated, you're looking to see, you know, how do you get out, you know, kind of from where you are and, and to that next stage. Number one, I'd say be willing to go outside your comfort zone. You know, re reach out to people, reach out, find, you know, find that mentor, look for those that are where you think you want to be or in the direction you want to go and, and then, you know, mimic their type of success and you'll, you'll, you know, mimic what they do, listen carefully, and then don't be afraid to, to implement and try and implement quickly, you know, Things don't necessarily have to be perfect, but it just has to be good enough that you get started. You kind of figure out, okay, what'd you do right? What'd you do wrong? And then you can make it better, you know, for the next time when you go to, to, to implement again, I'd say just try and implement faster and, you know, be willing to go out that comfort zone and, and find those that can kind of help you um, that are where you want to be or where you think you want to be in, in the future. Awesome. Great share. Appreciate you coming on to the podcast, sharing your story of building Cho's legacy and really excited to see where you take it next. Thanks so much for coming on.
thanks thanks chris it was it was great and uh, i appreciate being able to kind of share share my story <laughs>